This is Leader ReadyCast, a monthly podcast featuring real-world lessons, best practices, and action-oriented insights for the urit moments when you're called upon to lead. Leader ReadyCast is the official podcast of the National Preparedness Leadership Initiative, a joint program of the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health and the Center for Public Leadership at the Harvard John F. Kennedy School of Government. Subscribe to Leader ReadyCast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the latest minicast edition of Leader ReadyCast. We're bringing you just-in-time leadership lessons from the coronavirus outbreak. Our guest today is my colleague, Julia Kayyem. She's a former Assistant Secretary for Homeland Security under President Obama. She's a faculty chair of Homeland Security Program at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. She's the author of Security Mom. You see her on CNN. We hear her here on WGBH. Juliet, welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. It is really So, thank you. So what you're seeing and what you're hearing, what does it take to lead effectively right now? Right now uh, is a good question. So I think it takes uh, uh, three key factors. I mean, the first is obviously honesty in the numbers, and they're all over the place. But I think that sort of a brutal honesty about what we're seeing and what is happening is the only way you're going to get people to have confidence that you have a handle on what is in fact happening if you don't have the numbers and an honesty about the numbers. So, because some numbers we don't know. I mean, it's, in other words, if you have, fatal- we don't know what the fatality rate is anymore. So I think that that's the first, and that's always the case in any crisis. This is not unique. I think the second is unique to this, and that is trying to position people. So if you're a mayor or a governor, trying to position people in today and what is going to happen tomorrow. Because we have a way of thinking about disasters like a hurricane or uh, an earthquake where the disaster comes and then recovery comes, right? So if you're a mayor, you can say, okay, the hurricane's over, the debris removed, the bodies are removed. What we're about to enter is what I'm calling adaptive recovery. This is a, a sort of new concept that it coexists. In a, we co- are going to coexist with the virus for probably two years. We're going to manage around it. We're going to box it in. We're going to avoid it. We're going to mask away from it, whatever it is we're doing. But it will be here until there's a vaccine. And we have no concept of what that is. And I think we need, I think, I think effective leadership is talking about, look, it's not a light switch where this thing is still around. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be all sorts of better ways to deal with it. Treatment, testing, you know, uh, better identification, but still it will be here. And then I think the third in terms of a a communication strategy, and I think you're seeing Andrew Cuomo very successful at this, but also others, is to make it personal because this is a very, I mean, in all ways, this is a very personal crisis because we're home and we're working from home and we're dealing with the crisis from home. You see governors on TV, mayors on TV, I I mean, from their homes, right? And so I think where I think like, for example, Cuomo is very effective is in you know, saying he and his dog are sick of each other. I guess he lives alone now. You know, I mean, that's like, who, who doesn't, you know, who's not sick of their kids and stuff? I find it's interesting because I have a, in charge of anything, but I have a role as a commentator and as, a, as, as someone who's advising governors and mayors and CEOs. Inevitably, all the questions become quite personal. Like, what are you telling your kids? How are you managing the days? You know, all that stuff, which 
you realize, yeah, that's what people want to know as well. So from at least, you know, outside the operational response, which is hard to judge because it looks quite dysfunctional right now, that's what I think people need from leadership um, at this stage. Well, there is a, a different level of visceral threat when it is you and your family. I think that's part of what makes this or any other public health outbreak like this. It isn't, as you say, the hurricane that happened over there and now it's over and now we get back to work. Um, and so being empathetic, making it personal is key. What else would you advise leaders to do now? How do you, how, yeah. you know, there's always a temptation to say it's all going to be great. No. Um, <laughs> not, just, not just the current leaders, but pretty yeah. much every crisis, people yeah. say, don't worry, it's going to be fine. What are, some, what are some ways you're advising people now to, to the steps they can take to get the, their leadership right, to convey yeah. the right message, have the right tone? Well, okay, so I, I think that's so right, though, in terms of both gravity of the situation, right, that, and the deaths will be ongoing, but also hope, right? So we always say you want to provide numbers and hope. And I think that what is required now of, of leadership is what does it mean to not be in this social distancing phase. You're gonna hear lots of debates about when to open up and what it's like to open up and whether to open up and who goes first in opening up. That is essentially gonna be a public health decision. And also it's important, it's gonna be a personal decision. In other words, whatever my governor tells me, if my risk assessment for me and my family is, I don't care what Charlie Baker said, I'm not going to a movie. I'm not going to a movie, right? So, you know, we have to be, as we have to be cognizant that there is, as you said, there's such a personal side to this and people's risk calculations are going to be different based on preconditions, based on just, you know, why is, is, is the movie really worth it? So I really think what's important right now is to prepare people for the next two years. I know most jurisdictions are not over the, the, the curve. I know we are still in massive response stage. That is important to focus on. Don't want to look ahead too much. On the other hand, for most of the American public, all of the American public, not most, the next two years are not going to be like the last 40 or whatever it is, however old we are. They're going to be very, very different. And I do think it's important that we begin to prepare people for that. Well, I think there's, there's one of the traps I, I've seen that I think people are uh, potentially falling into, which is underestimating the complexity, the quote unquote, turning back on or returning to normal. Yeah. It's not flipping on, flipping on a switch. And there are so many moving pieces here, both public health, economic, social, personal comfort, all those things. How, how do you avoid that trap? How do, you, how do you actually get people to understand the complexity? Because it's way more yeah. than most people yeah. uh, need, need or care about, but they have to understand it isn't just a matter of, okay, tomorrow we're open and we're all open. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And I think, well, I think the president is somewhat misleading in the sense because he talks about parties and parades and it, it is not. So I, I do think, first of all, I think people can conceptually understand it if they are told it. And I think one of the challenges for leadership, you know, we talk about leaders, right? But, you, but we're not talking about the president. And, I, you know, I don't want to get too political, but I don't, th I mean, I think, you know, you're, you're seeing leadership fill a vacuum, other leadership fill a vacuum that has been, you know, sort of left behind by the failure of there being a national plan, an honest national leadership. You know, you and I are talking, you know, after a press conference that was just, you, you know, just disturbing. I mean, from the, from the perspective of leadership, forget the politics, just a, a, a leader who was, you know, berating and 
whining and 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 never mention the twenty two thousand dead that we have just you know, just yesterday. So so I think um, I think what leadership needs to do other other leadership and I'm not just talking about governors and mayors. I'm talking about the CEOs, institutional leaders, academic leaders. All of them need to begin to make it clear that uh, this is going to be, you know, I call it whack-a-mole in terms of this adaptive recovery stage and, and what their priorities are. In other words, movies are not a priority right now. So if I thought about it just as, as a planner, so forget the communication side, obviously anything related to the supply chain, period, done. I want those people in. We are looking in the U.S., we're looking at potential meat shortage. That's outrageous, but that's because we get you know, the, one of the major factories had 200 sick employees, right? Like, you know, so that's the first, right? Is you're going to, anything related to critical infrastructure and critical infrastructure deployment. Second, manufacturing and manufacturing distribution. You want that, you want, you know, that, that's America's great strength is our manufacturing. Then things like retail. And then you'll look to the restaurants, entertainment. I mean, then there's a sliding scope. That doesn't, that, none of those involves the public sector stuff like schools, right? Of obviously everyone's thinking right. about schools right now. So that's a, that's a graspable list. It seems fair, I think, to the rational human being and, and then begin to deploy on it. Uh, but I think, you know, people always ask me like, when are we opening up? And I, I push back and say, there's not a date. It's a metric. There's not a date. It's a metric. And that's how I think about it. And I try to put together visuals that help people please themselves. I think that's, you know, and with this, I think that's just one of the challenges, even for someone like me. I mean, people were making fun of me, I think is the right way, but like starting in January, if you look, and I, it's not because I'm prescient, it's just because I know pandemic planning. You know, I think starting in January, I was probably, by mid-January, is probably a one note song about you were one of the first coming. people to come out and say, close down, close, close down, it down, shut it down, close down everything. Shut down. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's just because I know this area. It's not, it's not like social distancing is not a surprise that that's going to be a response to, to, um, to a pandemic. But I think that shock to the American public that went from one day open to the next day closed, like I felt it too. I mean, even though I had been mm -hmm. for a week saying doing it, I mean, I find it jarring. I, I find it less jarring in week four and I'm sort of, you know, forcing my own, you know, I urge, you know, people who listen to me, you get your own battle rhythm each day. And I, I, and I was, honestly, I was a big BSer because I was like, get your battle rhythm. And then like every day I like didn't take a shower. Like, you know, I'm a little <laughs> bit, I'm better now. And I, you know, I wake up, I, I have a routine that was pretty similar to before, except I'm not leaving the house, right? You know, right. I wake up, have my coffee, unload the dishwasher, go for my run or exercise, mm. and don't do anything until I get that piece done, because that's important to me, and then, and then figure out, you know, how to manage a household where there's more demands on me in the household than before. But yeah, it's jarring. And I think accepting that jarringness, even for those of us who accept it, who, who did it, is is leadership this isn't no, this isn't nothing this isn't nothing right so i want to ask you about one more potential trap yeah. and or challenge we may see if there's if we get the summertime lull and then yeah. go into a phase two of a recurrence of cases 
Uh, and if we've done a good job now and the, the number of fatalities is lower than originally projected, yeah. do we risk a lower level of compliance and people saying, well, you know, it's like we always see if, if you tell people to evacuate before a hurricane and it wasn't that bad, they don't want to evacuate next time. Yeah. Do we run the risk of people saying, well, you know, I'll three feet's fine. I don't need to worry about six feet or I'll occasionally wear a mask, that kind of stuff. Lower compliance overall. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried about that. And I think that's why we have to keep talking. And I'm glad that Fauci is talking about the second wave. But honestly, we don't have a choice. I mean, that's the so so you know what it's you know, you know, about the paradox of preparedness, right? That, you know, the more prepared you are, the less damage there is. And then everyone said you were overprepared, right? So what, but honestly, like, we had no, there were no tools left in the toolbox, except to socially distance. That's not your mind's fault. That's a federal government that seemed to think it could just, you know, that a global pandemic would somehow not, not cross the United States. So, so I do, but I do think it's beginning to acclimate, you know, beginning to acclimate that potential second wave. So yeah, the leaders need to be foreshadowing in a big way yeah, to make sure that's, people are, are That is exactly go. right. I wasn't using that word, but that's exactly what I, like, I, the response is very important. It's had a lot of problems. It still has a lot of problems. States shouldn't be competing for resources. The federal government should be utilizing the tools that it has to help the states not go into war with them. I get it. Those are going to be worked out at the tactical level. The, we also need to beginning to get leadership to brace for the next level. Well, good. And on that note, I want to thank Julia Kayam for joining us today. This is our latest minicast, COVID-19 edition of Leader ReadyCast. Appreciate yeah. your time today. Thanks all for listening and be ready to lead. This has been another episode of Leader ReadyCast from the National Preparedness Leadership Initiative. Subscribe to Leader ReadyCast wherever you get your favorite podcasts and find out more about us at npli.sph.harvard.edu. Follow us on Twitter at HarvardNPLI. Thanks for listening and be ready to leave.